Well, hello, it's Pastor Carson from Calvary Tabernacle. Thanks for stopping by the podcast. We hope that it's a blessing to you, whether you're catching one of the Sunday or Wednesday messages, or maybe you're jumping on to listen to one of the Saturday snapshots. We're doing everything we can right here in the beautiful Fountain Square area of Indianapolis to try to reach and connect and disciple people towards Jesus Christ. Enjoy what you listen to, and I hope that it's a benefit to your life. We're we're launching into a new series tonight about praising the Lord. Praise ye the Lord. Did anybody grow up going to camp where you would do that song? Praise ye the Lord. Did they do anything at your camp during this song? All the, at our, at our camp, you had to sit down on hallelujah. We're not doing that tonight. Some of y'all are like, pastor, I barely got up. Don't No, it's not. But praising the Lord is more than a cute song for kids. We want to praise the Lord. And one of the ways that we do that is to walk in righteousness. So let's look at what the psalmist has to say in the six verses of Psalm chapter one. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. His leaf also shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. The ungodly are not so, but are like the chaff. The psalmist is using a comparison here. Like the chaff which the wind driveth away. Therefore, the ungodly shall not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the congregation of the righteous. For the Lord knoweth the way of the righteous, but the way of the ungodly shall perish. How many believe the word of the Lord? Would you pray with me? God, we love you. We thank you for your word and our time together. I pray you'd help me to unpackage the text and, and, and speak these truths for just a little while here tonight. Let our time with you be beneficial. We thank you for your goodness and your mercy. Bless our time in your word in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. And let everyone said, amen. God bless you. You may be seated. Turn to your neighbor. And smile so they know you're being nice. But then say these words. Guard against ungodly counsel. Not every, not every friend can give you advice. But the galleon, we got to be at that day apart yesterday. And I had a great time uh, talking with Grantland there. And our opening conversation revolved around his hair and the lack thereof. His recent, uh, you know, it's kingdom work, Sister Gallion. Thank you. It's kingdom work. Uh, One of the first things he asked me was, or told me was my mom said Christmas pictures. (laughs) And so that was pretty funny. Um, But he started talking to me about your axe. We recently were talking about axe and he said, my, my dad, I don't think my dad brought his axe. And he started to tell me a story that I won't tell publicly about somebody using your axe. And, and he said, my dad was so nice, but they were trying to use the axe and they cracked, like crushed the edge on a rock and said, my dad was like, Hey, no problem. And, 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 but he had to go home and file that and, and, and really work that. Now, 
we, we talked about this in a chapel here a couple months ago where I said if I, if I wanted to talk about swinging the axe, I didn't even have to have a discussion. I knew Brother Gallion could do it, brought him up in person for a live illustration because I knew he knew how to use an axe. I will tell you, there are certain people, I just know they don't know how. <laughs> okay? And I'm no master with an axe, I promise you that. But there are certain people, it's not their gift. Now, that's not for them to feel bad about. Some people might feel contrary. It's not for them to feel bad about. But if I was going to ask someone for advice on a particular uh, area, in this case, the axe, I want to ask someone who knows what they're doing. Okay? I'm going to tell you. I'm going to be honest with you. If you need work on your car, I'm not your guy. Alternator? Yep, I can do it. Oil, I can help you. I know where Jiffy Lube is. No, I could change your oil. Change the tires, basic things like that. But if you need your engine rebuilt, if you want to talk about rods and... I'll just stand there and... This is, this is how I talk about a car. Mm. Mm hmm. Could be. <laughs> I'm telling on myself. Uh, I'm not your car guy. If you, if you say, do you think it's the flywheel? Mm -mm. Could be. And you could just as easily say, but it might be a belt. And I'd say, hmm. Could be. What do you think? <laughs> but there are people in this room that if you had a car problem, you could ask them, if you have a car problem, you want to go to Pastor Lopez, not Carson, okay? He'd be a lot, lot more gifted in that area. And you know what? I'm okay with that. Not just because it's not going to take my time with the car, but I'm okay with it in the sense of I don't need to pretend I know what I'm doing. Amen. I don't need to pretend I know what I'm doing and give you advice that won't really help you. Now, there is something spoken of in regards to ungodly counsel here. And there's an incredible illustration back in the Old Testament, 2 Samuel, you have uh, this, this time where the allegiance between David, King David, and his son Absalom has begun to waver. And, and there had been a trusted advisor for so long to David, a man by the name of, the, of Ahithophel. And most of you would be familiar with this particular story. It'd be a fascinating read for you. Uh, and yet you watch as Absalom begins to set himself up and usurp the authority. He goes to Ahithophel, this wise counselor who has always given good advice. But somewhere along the way, bitterness in, entered into his heart. And there was division between him and the allegiance of David. And so Ahithophel gives advice and counsel that is contrary. Let me tell you this. Let me, let me tell you. Do not let bitter people give you counsel. My, my, my. Be careful of letting wounded people give you counsel. People that are hurt rarely give healing counsel. How many have heard that old statement? Misery loves company. Yeah. 
And the reality is, if, a, if I study and I look at the life of Ahithophel and I, I, I try to take a look here, there, there's hurt in his heart. And he's giving ungodly counsel. But let's, let's step back here and say, Absalom really should not have been in need of counsel. He should have just been loyal to the king. Pure loyalty would have kept him out of searching for counsel that would help lead him contrary. Ladies and gentlemen, as, as followers of Christ, if we will be loyal to this word, loyal to what this book has to say, we won't allow every individual with a new agenda to give us new marching orders. Brother Massengale, every person who all of a sudden gets a burr under their saddle and decides they'll start a YouTube channel and start preaching some false doctrine. Gathering a following on YouTube does not make you right. Woo! It's the truth. If you're going to follow counsel, make sure that it is spiritual authority that is also willing to give an answer for you. Amen. What does it mean here, walking in the counsel of the ungodly? Psalm chapter 1. Over time, we can change our uh, defining moments by allowing ourselves to be changed by God's Word. How many are glad you're not who you used to be? Praise God. If you are still spiritually where you were 20 years ago, you've got to let the Word work on you. I would even say if you're where you were a year ago, the word needs to be allowed to really continue to work on you. We're all a work in progress. We don't get off the wheel of work. But we need the word to continue to be applied to our life. It will help us determine the counsel that we are hearing, that we are listening to. There's a great place to start, and it is in the book of Psalms. It's, it's aimed at this opportunity of, of restoring someone to the will and the purpose of God. Every person has a purpose for their life, has a will of God to be applied to their life. There are no mistakes. There are people who have been designed by God fearfully and wonderfully to be used and utilized by God. Now, one word that we... we don't flesh out a whole lot is the word blessed. What's it really mean to be blessed? Blessed has a religious worldview nested inside of the world. And, and, and in the biblical language, a, an amplified explanation of the Hebrew term would be something like being the object of God's affection and attention. I, I will tell you very clearly what I believe you already know, but let us state it out loud. I am not looking for blessed according to the world's standard. Now, that's not saying that, that, that we don't want to be financially secure. We do. We do. Anybody that says, I don't really care about that. You want to provide. You want to be a provider. You want to be not in the sense of luxury so the world can call you blessed. But more importantly than anything... We want to be blessed as it pertains to the object of our affection, which is Christ. To be blessed according to the word of God, which means I've got to walk in the counsel of the word of God. 
I want to be blessed according to his word, according to his will. The blessed man is defined first by what he does not do because in saying no to worldly voices, he is saying no to his own wisdom, his own sense of being wise enough to choose between those voices. And there are so many voices that are vying for your attention. So many of you that are at college right now, you heard a lot of people's opinions about where you should go to school. A lot of you that are in this house tonight, you hear opinions all the time on where you should work, how you should live, how you should give, what you should do. What Some opinions are not as weighty. Should I wear jeans or khakis today? Life's going to go on. <laughs> okay. Should I wear the red tie or the blue tie? Who cares? You know, I hope it looks nice, but what it, at the end of the day, it doesn't matter. But there are major choices that are consistently being shot out. Is church attendance necessary? Is fellowship with the body critical? Is tithing actually necessary? Is giving to... Oh, okay. Is giving myself to the kingdom of God a worthwhile... Ladies and gentlemen, those are not shots at opinion. Those are shots at Scripture. Those are attacks against the Word of God. And here is, our, here is a misconception that we can somehow think an attack against Scripture is not an attack against His church. We are the body. We are believers. And so while our, our constant job is not to be riled up into trying to prove that God is God, at the end of the day, God is God whether people believe it or not. God is going to be God whether the government or whether politics. or He's going to be God no matter what. Doesn't matter who's in office or who's not. God will be God. But his people should be people of his word. Trying to walk after righteousness. Not in the counsel of the ungodly. She's been married six times. She should not be your marriage counselor. You're not going to believe. I mean, maybe you would. Some of the stuff I deal with, well, I was talking to, and I'm thinking, oh, you shouldn't talk. And here's what I've got to ask. If you know you should not give counsel, you might... If there might be five things, wow, you could give phenomenal counsel about. But you know this ain't really your spot. <laughs> you know this isn't really. Someone comes to you and starts talking. It's okay to say, you probably should talk to. And give them a good recommendation. Give them a good recommendation. Don't feel, do not allow your arrogance Man, I'm in something right now. Do not allow your arrogance to make you come up with an answer that you yourself are not even living. It's never been about what thus saith me. It's always been about what thus saith the Lord. And so we've got to allow the word of God to be our guide, to be our, our lead. We want people to be blessed according to the word of God. It goes on and says, standing in the way of sinners, variation of the phrase, the way. How many know that if you trace back the early church before we were ever called Christians, they were called in the way. They were in the way. I heard some, uh, I don't even want to say it, but I'm going to say it. Heard some 
young, zealous guy. Man, it's been so many years ago. Many years ago, he got up and said, some of you talk about being in the way. And then he went on and made some crass thing, not understanding the biblical concept. Brother Staten, I was thinking to be in the way is a powerful thing. We're people of the way. But we've got to decide which way we're in. Apologetic. What, what, what does it matter if we engage a, a conversation about abortion? Our job is not to win an argument. Our job is to be biblically sound. What happens in a, in a conversation about suicide and mental health? Well, let's not talk about it and it won't be real. If the church doesn't talk about it, the narrative is established by whoever is talking about it. Some fabricated reality. I do not want the ungodly advice or counsel of the wicked to be able to steer the thoughts, the concept, and what would be considered the philosophy of the church. So we've got to guard against that. We've got to guard against un. Godly counsel. So let me pastor for a moment in this Bible study. You better be very careful what program you watch. Well, they're a counselor and they, first off, in the true picture of it all, there's one counselor and he's wonderful. You've heard me say it. You'll hear me say it until I'm done breathing. There are people who work, but unless they're working for him, and in allegiance with him. Be very careful. Lest you watch something into your spirit. That makes you. Someone who has always had a conviction against. Some kind of perversion. Some kind of sinful thing. Be careful what you watch. Into your. Well 10 million people watch it. It can't be wrong. There's a lot of people outside of the ark when he got done building it too. Ungodly, ungodly counsel is often popular counsel. Ungodly counsel builds crowds. Godly counsel keeps people alive. That's the goal. That's the goal. Let this word be our, be our God. In the way of sinners... Had to refer here to the lifestyle of sinners. Those who would habitually follow after the things of the flesh. Sinners are people who trespass upon others and upon the creator. Sitting in the seat of the scornful. What does that even mean? Think about it in the context of the ancient world. And the culture of the day when this text is being written. Seats are a thing of luxury. Not typical actuality. This is not an everyday occurrence. For someone to be seated typically meant that they were in a place of royalty. You didn't walk in and there were seats all around the table like we have on a regular basis today. And so someone who was sitting in the seat of the scornful. They had taken up authority in that position. There are people who sit in authority of bitterness. They're the authority on hurt. And I don't want them directing our kids. I don't want them governing the voices of our marriages. I don't want, rarely do I get over the top in a conversation unless I feel like someone is being divisive with the body. You've seen me a couple times, I guess, right? In this most of the time, I was, how are you? Are things good? 
But if someone is being divisive with the body, I think we have a mandate to stand up for the body. Yes, I do. Someone that wants to sow division, someone that wants to come in and attack somebody in the body. What do we do if someone comes into church and is being a distraction? You know, we don't talk about things like this, Pastor Carson. We don't. We, don't. we should. Most of the time, if someone's being an, let me just train the church. I trained you a little bit last week on, on, on how to pray for people, and everybody got, gave me rave reviews on thank you for actually talking about that. Let me talk to you about this. What do we do if someone is an absolute distraction of the church? Just start worshiping. Just start worshiping. Just start worshiping. What do you mean just start worshiping? Because that is the desire for attention. And if you'll take all of yours and give it to God, It'll, it'll shut that spirit down. I, mm, I want you to throw your hands towards heaven. Boy, I feel something right now. Wow. My, my, my. Praise God. Jesus, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. We've got to avoid the wrong counsel. We've got to avoid voices. Voices that stir the pot of division. Voices in your life that every time you leave, you feel more alienated from the church than you did before you talked to them. Well, I don't care what pastor says. I, I'm not doing it. That's okay. You, you're going to be you at the end of the day. Don't be ugly about it. If you have to recruit people to bitterness to prove your point, you don't have a problem with me. You got a problem with the word. You don't have a problem with Pastor Lopez. I don't like what he talked about. I'm going to pick on you because I feel like it's on me. So I'm going to pick on you for a second. I don't like it. I don't know why he's, listen, calm down. Before you talk to anybody else, talk to him. Oh, sorry, that's so, that's just so biblical. <laughs> Leave your gift at the altar and go make it right. Amen. Why are you teaching this, pastor? Because I want our praise to not be a facade. I want our praise to be real. I want our praise to be genuine. I want our people to be blessed, not by the world standard, but I want us to be blessed scripturally according to the word of God. The blessed person, according to Psalmist, is going to delight in the law. Notice it does not merely say that he believes in the law. He delights in the law. I know it's true. <laughs> you ever see some people that, uh, I hate to even ask it, but that, Almost feel like they just have to, they, if I didn't have to live this way. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I love being Pentecostal. I mean, I absolutely love it. And I know you're thinking, well, good. I'm glad because you're the pastor. But I love our worship. I love our praise. I love our demonstrative action. I love that we clap our hands. I love that we leap for joy. I love that we have a choir. I love that we baptize people in public. I'm glad. I'm, I love every bit of it. Here's why. Because I love my God and I love this word. 
Yeah. I love it. I love this word. So I delight in his law. I like to get up and be reading the word. And, and yesterday I was talking to Brother Kilman because yesterday I, I could not stop. And this is ridiculous. Some of y'all are going to be like, wow. I could not stop thinking about the fat that was separated for the Lord. That's what I get for being in Leviticus yesterday. I'm in Leviticus and he keeps saying the fat's the Lord's. And I kept touching my stomach and thinking, but I'm getting into the law and the separation and the, the excess and the separation and the obedience and the priesthood and, and thinking into the sin that would follow even into some of the sons of the priest and looking at this and think, I love how the Bible is layered and, and, and Brother Henderson, some things will just come alive that I've read it how many times, how many times and something comes alive. Why? I delight in the law. Now let's take this more than just as a verse of, I delight in the fact that there is a law. What if there was no answer, no rule, no restriction, no guidance? No. What if there was nothing to lead us? I delight in the law, the law that brings us to the knowledge of God. I delight in the law. I delight in the governance of it. I delight in the leading of it. I delight in the principality of it. I, I delight in the dominion of it. I, I delight in the authority. I delight in the fact that when we read his word, it is more than a historical book, but it is life and breath. And I delight in the law. That's why we don't live this way because someone told us to. We live this way because the word has instructed. I delight. Blessed is who? The one who delights in the law of the Lord. How do I, how do I treasure it? Well, I'm, let, let's just use some practical here, okay? For our core values and who we are. Well, I, I, can't, I, I can't read the word of God. A lot of people read the word of God. It's got to become a habit. It's got to be something you just do. Yeah, but then I'm going to feel guilty if I don't read it. Okay. <laughs> it's all right. You want us to feel guilty? If you're not in the Word, maybe feel checked at least a little bit. Brother Marshall, just feel a little, a little something. No one walks into the Pentecostal church and says, I haven't been in the Bible in a month. It's just not who we are, right? We don't wear that as a badge of honor. If the only Bible you get is from the preaching and teaching here, you are woefully undervaluing this book. Somebody came to me long, a little while ago and said, hey, pastor, what do you think if, if some of us elders, we just kind of got together and we read the word and, and studied the word together? I said, what? Brother Ross came to me about teaching a Bible study on Revelation. We were talking, what do you think? I said, what? People that can get excited about reading and studying and living the word of God when we're not confined in a setting. Do you know the average, hmm, I'm going to get on it, I'm on it. The average church in America that has replaced time in the word with walking in for one service a week and throwing a handful of scripture. That's not who we are. We are people of the word. We are people of the word. We are people of the word. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, we meditate on it. We, we marinate on it. We put it in and we, we live on it. And then we meditate on the Word. We chew on it. We think about it. 
We don't think the Old Testament is meant to be dismissed. Mm. Yeah, we love it. We delight it. And we're not apologetic about it. You guys are awful excited about the Bible. Yeah. It's what we do. We love the word. In the beginning. In the beginning was the word. The word is with God. The word was God. And we get really excited about just the was God and the oneness of God. We can never get so excited about the oneness of God that we miss. What was Christ's defense against the temptation of it is, it is written. Praise God. So we delight in the word of God daily. You say, well, I can't understand it. Well, put, put a translation there that you can't understand. Weigh it against. You say, well, I've been reading a King James. I love the King James. It's what I read from. It's what I preach from. But it's okay for you to put a translation. Read it. If you don't understand it, put you a get you a NKJV. You, you, you. Oh, an ESV and read it right here. And any of the purists in the room that are like, oh, if you're that pure, you go and just read only Hebrew. You go get you a Greek degree and that's fine. That's fine. But I want people to understand the word of God. I want us to understand what we're doing and why we're doing what we're doing Amen. and loving the word of God. There's nobody in this room that would eat a sandwich if you didn't know what was in it. Well, some of you may, I can tell, some of you. <laughs> I don't know, Pastor, you smell good. The ungodly are not blessed. I'm wrapping up. They're like the chaff that the wind drives away. That, that light, that lesser material that's lifted in the wind blows it away. How many know that there is every wind of doctrine? Come on, it's blowing around. There is a separation. If there has ever been a separation, there is right now. I know I've been talking about it. There is a separation right now. But those of us who are rooted, rooted, planted, that's what that blessed man is, whose delight is in the law. It's like you're planted right there by the river of life. What does that mean? Whether it's a good summer or a drought, it doesn't matter because you're planted by up, down, good times, bad times. It's where you're planted. Praise if praise is contingent upon atmosphere, then God's goodness is contingent upon atmosphere. That's a good statement for somebody to write down right now. If, if, if my praise is contingent upon how I feel, then God's goodness is relegated to how I feel. And I'm going to tell you right now, when I feel good, he's good. But when I feel bad, he's good. When everything's going my way, he is good. But when everything is not going my way, he is good. His goodness knows no limit. Amen. How many believe that God will judge the ungodly? I hate to even skate into this topic, not thoroughly fleshing it out. I wish, I'm telling you openly, I wish that hell was not real. But it is real, ladies and gentlemen. Hell is real. How many grew up where you heard it preached about all the time? Come on, wave at me. You heard hell preached about all the time. 
How many know the farther we got away from preaching eternity, the farther we got away from preaching hell? But eternity is real. And there is a heaven to gain, but there is a hell to shun. And the ungodly will, the ungodly will receive judgment. And I want to make sure that the ungodly do not counsel me into their. I don't know if all that matters. If this word says it matters. If this word says that prayer matters. If this word says that obedience matters. Well, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if it matters. This book says rebellion is like witchcraft. I want to please him. He will guard us and he will guide us because ultimately God watches over the righteous. Aren't you thankful for that? Never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging for bread. Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed, blessed, blessed. The blessed one is never trapped in the prison of the present. Please catch that. The blessed person is never trapped in the prison of the present, fearing that what is happening now is forever or that this present misfortune is their finality. Blessed people are able to say, I've had a rough day, but I've got a good God. I've had a tough week, but I've got an eternal savior. I, I've I'm talking to some people in this room right now. You've even, you've tried to give recently or you've been a part of the tent revival. You did all this stuff like, woo! And here you go. <laughs> Issues, problems. Maybe, maybe I'm the only one, but I doubt it that I've wanted to say, God, you must not have noticed. <laughs> but I come to tell somebody here tonight, if you know truth, you're blessed. If you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, you are blessed. If you know you're blessed, I wonder if you just begin to give him some praise right now. If you're able, stand with me tonight and begin to just praise him. Let those words come from your mouth. Tell him that he's wonderful. Tell him that he's lovely. Tell him that he's great and greatly to be praised. Refusing to be held in the prison of your present. We praise you, Lord. If you know he's a good God, say amen. amen. I'll let you go with this little story. I... Uh, a guy I know was telling the story about this, this little boy who was, the, the dad's just worshiping in church. Now, you come to a normal Sunday night service and the kids are close to the parents or just around. We've all been here in a situation like this. So the dad is just worshiping. He's got his hands lifted while he's, his hands are lifted and he's just worshiping. He said, I cannot worship because I'm watching his little boy. His little boy is swinging on the pew. So... Sweet dad is sincere. Oh. Little kid just swinging. He said he keeps coming inches from busting his head. He said, all I can focus on is, how is this guy not paying attention to this kid? This is the only thing I can see. He's not paying attention to this kid at all. He said, and then as if without ever stopping, he said, one hand went up. He just kept, or he kept one hand up. 
and he just went over. He didn't stop the boy from swinging. He just put his hand behind that kid's head. He said it wasn't affecting his worship at all. And he was just sheltering him in his ignorance. And I know some of you are thinking, we well, should have made the kid stop swinging. <laughs> but to this dad, I think he was picking his battle. And the kid wasn't crying and the kid wasn't making him leave service at that moment. And everybody else was worshiping. So it wasn't distraction except for this guy. So he just put his hand behind his head. And he, and he just allowed, and did not allow what was happening in this moment that had no right to steal his worship. He's, and the person who told the story, that was what he was saying was, I, I recognized in a moment something that had no, it should not have had any license to steal my praise or my worship. I was worrying about something that had nothing to do with me. Let us not be distracted by things that have nothing to do with us. Things that we can't, there's some things we just can't control. So we cannot allow those things to become a distraction to our worship. God, we want to praise you. We want to praise you with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. <clears throat> oh, you're our Lord. We love your word. We want to have direction, not just direction here, but direction in our daily devotion. When we read your word, when we listen to your word, when we spend time in our devotion, we want to hear from your word. We want to delight. We want to delight in it, oh God. We want to delight in the law, the law that keeps us and guards us and protects us. God, we want you to guard our kids. We want you to let them... Let them love your word. And I don't know how they're going to love your word if I don't love your word. I, help me to love your word and help me to pass that on, that love for your word to my kids. Help our young people, our children, help our Sunday school teachers, our Wednesday night teachers. Bless them to love your word and relay it in such a way that those listening would love it. We ask it in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We want to be blessed according to your word. Let everyone say amen.